The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union encourages everyone to promote positivity and random acts of kindness in the community with their Take Care campaign. Follow along on social media using hashtag Take Care or visit UKFCU.org slash Take Care to learn more. UK Federal Credit Union believes everyone has something positive to share. So join us in offering kind words and positivity with hashtag Take Care. Stop by a UK Federal Credit Union branch to grab a mask or button and show off your positive vibes. Masks and buttons are first come, first served and available for limited to time only. Federally insured by NCUA. Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast Gator Bowl Bonanza, presented by UK Federal Credit Union. The Cats are starting 2021 in Jacksonville, taking on the NC State Wolfpack, and we're going to talk about it all here on the podcast. I'm Nick Roush with Drew Franklin and Charles Walker. Freddie Magger will be joining us shortly. Gentlemen. Bowl week, it, 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 it crept up on us. It's Tuesday afternoon. The pandemic kind of made things weird, so we haven't really had a lot of bowl games. We had Liberty Coastal Carolina Saturday night. That was awesome. But we really haven't had much else all bowl season because of the pandemic, and now we're getting 16 games in five days, and I, I can't wait. You can't wait. Look at me. I'm already in bed. I'm looking at Charles. He's dressed up. He's at some office. I'm podcasting with you guys from the from the bed because I'm already ready for more football coming up. I'm I'm not moving all week. <laughs> it is kind of different too, not having like we're taking the show like when we went to the last Gator Bowl, Drew. It was a they took Gator out of the name. They just made it the Taxlayer Bowl, which was very dumb on their part. But B, I mean, we took everybody down there. There was like a crew of seven of us at that bowl game because that was the first bowl game in a millennium and hell chuck was just a fair catch waving little little glimmer in our eyes at that time Uh, i think i did have a uh like a one return one yard return on that one of those where they kicked it and it was like rolling and i kind of just dove but by the time i actually had possession of the ball i fell forward about one yard or so so i mean way more than just fair catching all right (laughs) I actually think that was the first time we actually talked as like human beings and not just like interviewee and interviewer. Cause at Top Golf, it was you, Drew, I forget who all was in your crew, but you all were really good. And you all had like Beatty and a bunch of people who had never swung a golf club before. And watching, Boom. yeah, yeah, watching Derek Beatty, who can't live without talking trash talk trash and then just completely miss a golf ball i mean it was it was glorious yeah trust me i've spent four years talking trash back to those guys and and the one time where i was 100 percent confident that i was better at said sport or said bet that we were gambling or we are betting over um knew knew i had the top golf done when i was watching the wings and both feet moving you know <laughs> some of them didn't know if they're righty or lefty it was that was cake. Oh, Nick, man. in that story, you cleared something up a little bit. I've been confused. Do I say Tax Slayer Gator together? Do I leave what is it Tax Slayer? Is it Gator? What what is the, the proper way we're addressing this bowl? We used Tax Slayer so much last time that I'm just going full gator this time. Okay. So we're balancing the scales out. And I think that in turn it will help balance the scales out for Kentucky because Remember how that game went? 
back five years ago. It started the bowl streak. It was on the heels of the win over Lamar where um, Drew, I don't, do you remember that, that time he fumbled? <laughs> Boy, do I remember. Of course I remember. Yeah. So like, here's the thing. It didn't really matter what happened in that game because we were just still asking people about that time Lamar fumbled. And then the worst possible outcome, you like the one thing you can't do against Georgia Tech's triple option was turn the ball over and then play from behind. What happens? I think it was the third play of the game. Steven got strip sacked and they returned it for a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. So it was kind of ball game there. I mean, it was a pretty good job coming back though, Chuck. Uh, Dorian had a pretty nice touchdown grab in the end zone. Um, but it was just too little too late because they were they were doing the knee diving thing and it was just tough sledding. I still never got and or understand when a chop block is a chop block and not. It seems like when you play Georgia Tech or used to, you know, once every 10 plays, all right, chop block on this guy. <laughs> well, he's every single one of the linemen does that every play. So how is it, you know, is there a method? It's like in basketball when you play a team that handshake and hacks. If that's just their defense, it's allowed because they, they do it consistently. So Georgia Tech, you knew going into the game, that's it's within the rules when you play them. I actually was watching an NFL game over the weekend where they called that, and I was like, wait, that still exists? Like, I haven't seen that called in forever, and I think by rule, it's different if you're, like, engaged at the line of scrimmage versus if they're, like, in open space. You can't do it. Uh, Either way, it's still crappy because, like, Chuck, what were you all going to do to prepare for that bowl game? Sure, let's just dive at everybody's knees. Like, that's a horrible idea. I think that's kind of what the defense was doing for a week or so. And there was probably more fights between scout players and starting D, well, one and two defense that week than there's ever been. Maybe over the accumulation of Stoops' whole career up to that point. Justin, I remember Denzel Ware, like, fighting four dudes. And the guys, you know, were thinking, I, I don't know. Mara was making me do this. Or Stoops was making me chop ball. So, uh, you can take it out on me if you want, but. Did he throw a trash can at him? <laughs> Probably. It's another reason to appreciate the practice players. That's a heck of a predicament to be in right there. Do I want to yeah. fight Denzel Ware or get in trouble with my coach who is letting me be here? Oh, God. Exactly. That, that really is stuck between a rock and a hard place, but. Five years removed from that game, Kentucky's in a much different place than they were back then. Instead of selling bowl eligible hats, it's five bowls in a row, and the Wildcats are trying to win three in a row, um, the second year in a row against an ACC opponent. And this is a Kentucky team that's kind of in transition right now. Uh, Mark Stoops is pretty adamant. He was pretty excited, actually. You can kind of feel just he, he feels like relieved. He's a little bit more upbeat. Since the season ended, I think some of it was just the pending dread. Like, you know, he likes Eddie Grant. He likes Darren Henshaw. I don't think he was looking forward to moving on from that. But now that there's fresh blood, fresh blood, he's got a guy in Liam Cohen moving forward that he's excited about. It's it's really a, a big kind of transition in the Mark Stoops era. I would I would consider the first two years like phase one or first three years. Phase one stink, not very good. Phase two, Charles Walker helps the team get to glory. They get they win 10 games, they go to the Citrus Bowl. You reach a peak, and you have a great year with Lumboden, and now you're in a valley. And it's time to turn the page. And they can do that by, by winning in the Gator Bowl against a pretty solid NC State team. And the thing about transitions, Drew, is we're in the middle of it. So Liam Cohen isn't here yet. Uh, the Rams are actually over since he got hired. So Kentucky effect? I'm not saying. I mean, they did lose it at the Jets. Uh, I, th I think he's just already focusing on his new roster. He'll get to inherit when he gets here. Uh, he, you know, he was 100% with the Rams to take in the, the Kentucky job. I'd say behind the scenes, he's, he's much more interested in what we're doing than the Rams. So I'm not worried about them going the other way. I want to emphasize a point you just made about Stoops. That dude has a glow about him right now from <laughs> the last time we heard from him before their little vacation to now. He is a brand new person. And I, I'm hoping – that's across the board behind the scenes. We're only hearing from Stoops so far, but I couldn't believe when he talks about the joy around the program right now. You can clearly see it. He does have um, the transition phase on his hands where he doesn't know which, uh, doesn't have his usual offensive coaches for this game. But just from a personality and, and looking good uh, standpoint, Mark Stoops is, uh, is rejuvenated. Oh, he's cracking jokes. He's doing the, 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 it's not really a joke, Chuck, but it's like, uh, 
you know, he gets a smile on his face and like makes a little quip and then you kind of just laugh along with it. He's been doing that. And even uh, there was a, a, I guess it was the week before Christmas, Brandon Marcello said like, oh, they're in, you better watch out for Kentucky. They might be in jeopardy of, of, of the Gator Bowl. And everybody I talked to is like, no, people are pretty happy to be back after that break. And I'm just curious, Charles, because you've been to bowl practices and they say that Stoops bowl practices are fun. What, what makes a bowl practice for Mark Stoops so much fun? I think a part of it is, you know, you get that little break before. Um, secondly, you're most likely playing a team that is not on the schedule slash is in a different conference. So there's always kind of that feeling where you've played so many dominant and I'll say the SEC, the, you know, front sevens and it goes for both sides of the ball. O-line and D-line, SEC dudes are just huge. And I'm not saying they're not big anywhere else, but when you can kind of scout a different team that doesn't play SEC ball, it, it's really just a total different feel. Um, I think another big part is definitely the bow location. So being able to go to Florida, um, you know, it's always a, a nice little trip. Granted, hell, I guess most of our guys are from Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you're going to play, uh, in the warm weather and, you know, you're on a vacation. Um, another part off the top of my head would be the, you know, the players are paid, paid to be there. So the walk-ons that, you know, maybe, maybe you're playing a lot, maybe aren't playing at all are now being paid to practice because uh, there's some NCAA rule where when you're not in school and you're at practice, you do get a little bit of money. Huh. Uh, always great. And, you know, it's nothing crazy. But hell, you have 300 bucks over two weeks. That's kind of nice. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I yeah. knew we had the bowl package stuff where it's like, you know, you get your your tax layer software or whatever, but like I didn't I, I had no idea. Yeah, so you're paid it's kind of like camp, you know, you're paid to be at camp, which was always yeah. great. Yeah, the summer camp. Funny when you're a walk-on, you're paid more for some reason. I guess, you know, again, one of those NCAA rules. So when I was making that transition from walk-on to scholarship, I'm thinking, all right, here we go, here's a big camp check, and then I got put <laughs> That was like, you know, one fourth of it. I mean, what the hell? I'd kind of, I'll just go back to being a walk on. This is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but it's really just, you know, the whole feeling that it, going back to the practices, you don't have to worry about school. So the guys that want to be NFL players, it's kind of that one time where the only thing I'm doing all day is football. So whether it's film or practice or lifting, you don't have to go sit in class. You don't have to worry about homework. Uh, and as you guys know, when you don't have homework or class, it's a way better feeling than when you do have that lingering over you. And you can just focus more on the team and the sport. So there's a little quick answer. Oh. That last I learned a lot there. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, Freddie, how was your bowl difference than uh, your experience different than Charles's? Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't have because I knew Charles have, wasn't going to. Yeah, we didn't have participation trophy bowls when I played. You actually had to earn it, so uh wouldn't know. <laughs> How are you, Freddie? Did you have a Merry Christmas? It was a Christmas. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed your uh, Mark Stoops' list of Santa that you found. That was uh, yeah. <clears throat> very enlightening. And, you know, I'm glad. I, you know, I always knew Stoops was a detailed guy, and that really proved it for me. Yeah, I didn't know he, him and Vince played with uh, Chris Kringle's cousin Kevin at Cardinal Mooney, and, and Bob recruited him to Kansas State. That's something I did learn in that article that Ryan the Scoop Lemon stole. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the main thing that, that on his wish list that I look at is uh, needs a pass rusher, and this game highlights that more than anything. The number that jumps out at me is 117, which is the number – of combined tackles for loss and quarterback sacks for North Carolina State. Uh, those numbers are just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling where Kentucky had 12 quarterback sacks and 50 tackles for loss. NC State has 85 tackles for loss and 32 quarterback sacks. So a lot of action on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I hate this game. I hate this matchup. I don't oh, like no. anything about it. Oh, yeah, I no, mean, two things, two things that hurt Kentucky. Tempo, offensive tempo kill, uh, has hurt Kentucky. 
all year. And then and then playing behind the chains, and and, and that's what North Carolina State's defense specializes in. Uh, man coverage, off that three three five, going to press the receivers, Charles. You know what that means. Uh, yeah. I don't like any, I don't like anything about this game other than it's a bowl game and they get some extra practices. Yeah, the especially the D on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that the the one time Kentucky played a weird defense like NC State's three three five was against Mississippi State, and we all yeah. remember that game as being a lot of fun because um, the air raid threw seventeen interceptions. But Kentucky won twenty four to two, mostly on the back of the defense. I think Terry Wilson had twenty dropbacks. Eight of those were completed. Five of those he was hit. So yeah, you know, I mean, like. It's not a very good ratio. Kentucky struggled against it. I, I will say, at least uh, in in this instance, Freddie, it's not like that Georgia Tech game where you're preparing for something you're never going to see again. This is something at least like you can you have film on already, and you're going to have to play it every year. So you might as well try your best to figure it out. Well, here, here's the deal. I mean, three three five was. It, it's a unique and a rare defense for a reason. It's not the end all, catch all, best invention in the history of defense. Uh, but it's, it's used uh, to be diverse. It's used to be attacking, and it's used to counter the spread offense. And, uh, you know, you're going to see – it's going to look like, and people are, that are analyzing the game are going to say, that's a blitz by North Carolina State. Well, it's not. It, it, the linebackers' run fits are similar to blitzes. They come downhill in a hurry. Uh, that's a big difference in this defense. Another difference is – Kentucky's going to face an odd front where Drake Jackson's going to have a nose tackle over 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 top of him. Teams have played Kentucky in an even front, meaning that the center was uncovered and the defensive linemen were lined up on the guards. That's going to change, and then uh, and then NC State will blitz. Now don't 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 mistake that they will blitz and play man to man coverage, and it's it's just hard for me to see Kentucky beating man to man coverage because I've not seen it in ten games. Yeah, and you mentioned the nose that's over top of Drake Jackson. Guy was the second team All American. Yeah, yeah, very good player. Very, yeah. very good player. And UK uh, actually I, I, recruited his little brother for a little yeah. while. Uh, he ended yeah. up at uh, Oregon. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, look at it. I mean, I hate to, to monopolize the, the airwaves here, but NC State's ranked sixth in the country in tackles for loss with 85. That, that's pretty daggone good. So, and then, you know, I would say this. I know a lot of people are talking about the tempo from North Carolina State. They only run 70 plays a game. That's more than Kentucky runs on an average per game by far. But It's like fifth in the ACC. Opponents are running 76 plays against North Carolina State. So they may go fast at times, but they're not doing a lot of conversions at times, if that makes sense. My summary on NC State is they, they beat up on some really crappy ACC teams. Didn't beat the only team that they beat with a winning record was six and five pit, if I'm not mistaken. But their best wins against Liberty, which is a quality win. I mean, take the logo out of it. Liberty's a quality win. But you, you know, I know I've said it, and you all say it, they didn't beat anybody. Well, the sign of a good team is beating teams that you're supposed to beat. NC State did that this year. It's a good, not great team, but schematically, I just don't like the matchup at all. How funny is it, Drew, that the ACC team's best win is against independent Liberty? He's not wrong, though. It was a very good Liberty team. Um, but, yeah, the, when you when you pull that up, I had it pulled up for the show on the ESPN page. It is it is not a resume that jumps out at you. Hey, and on that ESPN page, their, their FPI, which we all know, FPI, if it says you're going to win, then by God, you're going to win. And they say, I think it's like a 60% chance. For Kentucky to win, Vegas likes UK. So uh, there, there could be an instance where you do have the guys in the trenches. If if you feed that rock to Chris Rodriguez, if Terry Wilson can can show a little wiggle, you can move the ball uh, up and down on this team. What what worries me though is kind of like last year's in last year's bowl game against the ACC team. Thought okay, Kentucky should be able to dominate front when Bowden's really good. And they did. But the defense kind of got lit up because they weren't used to that offense. And uh, NC State, they got some playmakers. They got a guy, he's not a boom, he's a bam. And uh, he, he's made some big plays for the Wolfpack this year. What's a, what's a boom, not a bam? 
Well, we had a boom. His name is Bam. Oh, so, you just mean his just the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's very similar. He has a kick return touchdown this year, headed against Miami. Um, real big play home run hitter. Uh, I'm sure he has some like cute story that fans have heard in every game this year. Like we heard with Bam jumping on the table or whatever, flip the table. I don't know. Like we're we're gonna get we're gonna hear that during the game. Uh, but they got two guys at running back and their receiver. He's a big kid, Freddie, and he he's yeah. I, I I'm I'm deferring to you like a jerk because I can't say his name, and I'm sure you. Amazy is 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 six three two twenty, and yeah, then Carter, guy. the other outside receiver, six four two sixteen. That's hurt Kentucky. What I'm concerned with, I mean, those those two are, are, are dynamic, but the tight end Angeline is six seven two fifty, has twenty seven catches on the year, averages fifteen yards per catch, six touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I mean, what uh, what is uh, uh, Kentucky's leading receiver as far as yards per catch? Are the two tight ends right at twelve yards per catch? Uh, NC State has three players with more than that. At 16 and a half for Amizi, uh, 15 and a half for Angeline, and 17 yards per catch for Carter. So, yeah, uh, tempo is going to, is going, could hurt Kentucky. If this turns into a track meet, it's going to be a, a lopsided win for North Carolina State. If it's a close game, I think it, uh, that's Kentucky's chance to win. Uh, because again, I mean, what, what has Kentucky not done all year? It's not played behind the chains. Third and five plus has killed it. You know, when you're only averaging 5.6 yards per pass attempt, you get third and six, you're not going to get it. So, you know, I know Vince, Vince Merrill's calling plays and he got a new set of eyes on preparation. Hopefully that uniqueness, that unpredictability will help. And But that won't help receivers getting separation off the line of scrimmage against man-to-man coverage. So, uh, Kentucky's got their hands full. I will say this, in my opinion, looking at schedules across the board, the easiest schedule in college football was Louisville's. The second easiest college football schedule in Power 5 was North Carolina State. They yeah. both dodged Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, they didn't play anybody. Their one tough ACC game, or two, I should say, they both lost to, to North Carolina and Miami. Miami was a close one. They lost a shootout on like a Thursday or Friday night yeah. um, game. But you, Freddie mentioned Vince Mario is going to be offense coordinator. Drew, we got to talk about this. This is what can we expect from the big dog fence? <laughs> Call it the big dog fence. I um, like the big dog fence. Uh, I like she- the big dog fence too. Prince yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's make it. Well, if he had the complete green light, which I don't think he will, it would be nothing but throws to the tight end, and the fan base would love it, <laughs> even if it didn't work. I still think we'll see a lot more to the tight end, but I noticed. Uh, in Stoops' comments yesterday, he kind of slid in. It'll be a collaborative effort from the coaches. Already trying to, to you know, <laughs> tell me that Vince is sharing the responsibilities. I want all Vince like he's playing Madden. I want a controller <laughs> in his hand, and it's just him and no one else making these calls. Yeah, Charles, are you buying that Vince is actually like, you know, I mean, is he going to have that? Does he wear headset during a game? Yeah, yes. he wears. He wears one. Okay, I'm just. It's really no, hard, Charles. You know, just tell us how how much is he calling the plays? Let it out. I want Drew. I want one hundred percent Vince on this. I mean, you know, he is one of the best recruiters in college football. But what gets overlooked is he is he is a technical coach with his tight end. He's a very very good tight ends coach. I look forward to his opportunity to call plays. It's the next step in the progression if he wants to become a head coach and. I'm excited for Vince, and, and I'm excited for some of those young coaches to have input on on the game plan. Max Maxwell Smith, uh, uh, just some of those young guys to get in there and, Mark and Perry, get after him a bit. Justice yeah, Mark Wah, Perry. Yeah, just yeah. A, a Justice Wall is a great quarterback coach. Man, he is a bright kid. So, I uh, I, I am looking for you know again, throw the statistics out out, out of the, out of the boat here because. Much like how we tried to analyze South Carolina and Kentucky's last game, you couldn't go by the season because they had a whole new team that played against Kentucky. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. I mean, it could be a completely different uh, uh, set of plays that that have not been ran very often or ran from different formations or ran with more tempo. So we never know. 
Uh, and I'm excited. I think that's what make this, makes this bowl game intriguing. Uh, I do think there's two things that, that, that are involved. Well, really, one factor decides bowl games. It's the give-a-crap meter. Which team actually wants to be there? I can tell you right now, Georgia and Florida are going to get the brakes beat in, uh, beat out against uh, Cincinnati and Oklahoma because those two teams want to be there. All the Gators and, and Bulldogs are opting well, out. I don't Kentucky's think the Gators are going to have enough players to play. I think that yeah. Dan Mullen might have opted out by now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're all opting out. Yeah, Mr. Two Bits opted out too, I hear even. So I hope that I, I hope that I, I feel like Kentucky will be all in on this. So we'll see, man. I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch. There there is something that I actually think like that Vince Merrill can add, like can really help this offense. And that's that like Vince is the player, heck, he is the player's coach. He is essentially the liaison between the guys and the head honcho. He diffuses a lot of situations. He is there for them. And I think a lot of Terry Wilson's struggles throughout his career, the biggest one has been his decision-making. He's just been hesitant. So I think if you aren't looking over your shoulder, worrying about making a mistake because you know the, that your coach, you know that Vince Merrill's got your back, these guys can play a little bit looser and not so tight, not so scared to make a play. And if that turns into two or three more big plays, that can be all the difference in this game, Drew. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I can looking forward to. Did I mute there for a second? You did. You when, like when you, were, you like smacked your microphone. I'm I'm still learning here, but no, I think they see an opportunity to just go out and have a lot of fun. Bowl games, there's not as much pressure. Vince, I'm sure Charles could talk about this much more than me, but he's a player's coach. He's in the locker room having fun with them. Uh, I don't know that he's the first one to go to discipline. I think he, he he's more of one of the guys than some of the other coaches might be. So they can see this as an opportunity to go out and just really let loose in, in a game that they need to have fun. So I'm excited to see what happens. And I know hey, we – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Drew. I think we talked to Vince right after this show. Nick and I are hopping in a Zoom with Vince. I think – Charles, you should just stay on, and maybe you could be a reporter, ask questions today. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll slide the passcode to you to get you in the door. The reporter <laughs> from CBI. Big hey, dog. He'd be blind. What, what would Vince say to you if you were giving less than 100% effort on, on a play? What would he say to you on the sideline? How is, how is he going to address players that, that are not uh, giving the effort that he likes? I think Vince is smart in that he knows how to talk to each player individually as in you know some coaches if you're a stern coach you're a stern coach if coach Merrow knows that you respond to that he'll treat you that way but if he knows he kind of has to baby your you know 22 year old ass he can also um you know with me freddie that never happened because i was always given more than 100 110 percent okay absolutely but, you know, he kind of you know, knows my – he knows each player's backgrounds because he is the top dog of recruiting. Um, so, you know, whether that be he would bring up your, you know, what would Uncle Joe say right now watching you play this game to some, you know, maybe a player that didn't have a father growing up and Uncle Joe was his father and that he could bring that up. He had that relationship to where, you know, he could bring someone up, something that maybe touched your life and you'd be like, okay, yeah. You know, put it that way, I am playing this game because my sister or my brother and Merrill would know that. And he'd bring that person up and say, you think they'd be happy with how you played? No. Um, I think that's one of his gifts in recruiting. And it's kind of funny you all bring that up because I do think that plays a big part in, you know, confidence. And, you know, with, with Terry being the quarterback and like you said, hey, if I make a mistake and it's, if it's a you know 50 50 ball that's not really a mistake but if it's a 50 50 ball they come down with it and you get your ass chewed out you're pissed off and don't throw that again i don't think that'll happen with marrow there hey charles yeah. first of all let me get this out i love vince marrow the person oh, yeah. the coach everything about vince one of my favorite vince moments and we've had a lot of conversations and every moment is a beautiful conversation what was it like in the locker room at mississippi state when he blistered y'all and you and we could we heard it overheard it on the radio during the uh, Stoops press conference. Yeah, that was not a good day. Not a good day. And I mean, you you've seen the man when when there's a coach that's five eight and he's yelling at you. Yeah, no one really cares. Let's get out of here. 
when it's Vince Camaro and he's six five, you know, three a, a nice three hundred pounds, it's it uh it it means something. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that speech because we were playing like a bunch of babies. Oh, babies. Uh, yeah. We were several states away, and we won't forget that speech because you can hear it <laughs> through a wall, through a radio. <laughs> yeah, Vince Merrill would not want to be on his bad side. No. <laughs> well, and I, I think to the give a crap, I think this plays into the give a crap meter, though, Freddie, because I know NC State, they think they're a top 25 team and all this stuff because they, they've won four games in a row. But like when you're, you, there's really not much to lose in this game. And so I, I think that maybe not so much in the – like I, I think kind of playing with house of money where you don't really have expectations can be freeing. I think that's why we see Stoops with a little bit of a pep in his step. And that's why even though they do some things that I don't like and that could make it for an ugly game, uh, I'm I'm not bothered by it right now because, you know what, there's a there's, – there's a lot of things that people are much angrier about right now. People aren't going to be mad about Kentucky football if they go out and lose this NC State game. They can pretty much do, I think, it's house money. And so if you go out, play with house money, if Vince goes out there and does something fun and run, like just dials up a trick play or two. I mean, I, Josh Pascal said it a week ago. He was like, now, he hasn't done anything yet, but I know he's going to try to make his look a fool. And if if I know one, one thing about Vince Merrill, he is a guy who – likes to talk a lot and he likes to back it up. So I, I think we're if nothing else, we're gonna see this Kentucky football team playing loose and, and out there to have some fun. Oh absolutely. I, I think you're one hundred percent right. And and the group the give a crap meter advantage will go in my opinion goes to Kentucky. Uh you mentioned NC State won four in a row. Uh not counting Liberty, their opponents were something like seven and twenty five. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, I mean again it, not really beating him. Florida State was three and six. Syracuse one and ten. Georgia Tech three and seven. So, not a lot to hang your hat on there. The vent, the win over Liberty is something that, that that jumps out at me when I analyze the team as a whole. It's hard for me to dislike North Carolina State because of the quarterback Bailey Hockman. Uh, his, his uncle Ryan was a teammate of mine and a quarterback, and I I love Ryan. Uh, to death and and you know it's hard for me to pull against his nephew bailey but i will on game day uh well, that's another I... number that jumps out 12 interceptions 12 touchdowns eight interceptions kentucky has picked off 13 passes leads the sec i think turnovers are going to be a humongous factor in this game so i need to ask you the question that lonnie asked mark stoops and i don't think <laughs> did I think he get he it was... off mute I, he finally got it off mute, and I think Stoops thought he was speaking Chinese because he said, "Yeah, d- can you compare the similar, like the similarities and differences to to Bailey and Ryan Hockman?" And I bet you Stoops is like, "Who in the hell is Ryan Hockman?" Because yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking at first. He was a yeah. quarterback of what ninety two to ninety four or something. Yeah, he, he came in I think in '89 was his true freshman year, which. I get that. I got to have fun with that situation. That's back when that was uh, wasn't frowned upon so much to have freshmen go through some initiation phases. But Ryan is a good friend of mine. Ryan Ryan Hotman is a is a genius. To be quite honest with you, uh, in football wise and just academics and everything, he's the guy that you know. When you go to the hotel on Friday nights, and Charles, I don't know if y'all did this. We had to take tests, written tests about the opponent, about our game plan, etc. And the quarterback coaches would give us their test at dinner, and we got to take them back to the room. So even as a starter, I went to Ryan's room and copied his answers because I couldn't fill it out myself. That should have been a precursor to, hey, we're probably going to lose this game. That starting quarterback didn't know the game plan or know how to read defenses, but we cheated off Ryan every 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 Friday night. <laughs> uh, he is a – Ryan is a football dude. He's a great quarterback coach, has his own quarterback academy. He's worked with some big-time players. But but Bailey's a lot like Ryan. He's really, really smart. Uh, he makes good decisions. And, and But Bailey Bailey has some weapons that Ryan didn't as far as those receivers and that tight end. And and, and uh, I think Bailey Hockman, he, who originally started out at Florida State, transferred to NC State, I think he's a good quarterback. And, and you can tell that he is the son of, of a coach. Uh, his dad is the head coach at McEachern. They're there in Atlanta, big time program in Georgia. Uh, 
and you can tell that's the way he plays the game. Same as Ryan. So it's very similar players. I think Bailey has a stronger arm than Ryan. Though. I played little league against a Brian Hockman. So yeah, I, I think I beat him most of the time. Different, different relationship though. Uh, yeah. Not Ken, but uh, NC state, they are what they are. They are the wolf pack. There's no S in the wolves or wolf packs. And um, I actually was trying to look up some some more stuff about the Wolfpack, Drew, because like you know, you, you just I, I want to know the dumb things about them because, okay. like what what I know mostly about them is that they had T.J. Warren for a long time, and then I'm trying to think of the kid's name now, who transferred. He transferred to like seven different places. He originally committed to Louisville. C.J. Leslie. No, 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 he was he was right after John Wall because my buddy, when he committed to U of L, told me he was going to be better than John Wall, and he played uh, like a six year senior. Um, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, did he, he, oh, Leslie okay. go there too? Or did I dream that? No, CJ Leslie did go there. It was on the Mark Godfrey teams that cheated their brains off. Uh, I, I know exactly the player you're trying to bring up. I just uh, don't know the answer. Yeah, I can't. I, Y'all talking basketball. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because oh, okay. NC State is the just like they're like the forgotten tobacco road team. They're they get third tier everything. Uh, I mean, they've got a cool mascot from the 80s. Uh, he goes by Mr. Wolf. And they actually, I discovered they brought back a live mascot in 2010. What? Um, yeah, not an actual wolf, though. Wolves do not like crowds, but they got a dog, a Tamascan, which kind of looks like a wolf. But I've got some bad news about Tuffy. So, doggy heaven. This year too, it happened right before the North Carolina game. They lost that game and they won four straight without Tuffy. So they rallied behind Tuffy two, who died oh. of uh, heart disease. They they have not gotten a Tuffy three yet. But Tuffy two is a sweet dog, and I was very disappointed to hear that news and saddened because. He's a cute dog, and I wanted to post a bunch of pictures on the website, but I, I would feel terrible doing that now. So, Drew, I got another question for you. Okay, this is of the grammatical nature. Oh, good luck. Is is the correct writing Wolfpack is or Wolfpack are? Mm. Ooh, this is great for somebody who's taken English one on one so many times. That's why. That's why I asked Drew. I I'm kind is of the t- plural the wolf packs right when i think i have the answer i talk myself out of it <laughs> the wolf I, pack is i might go r and this is kind of an inside thing because i seen drew little questions like that we he, we had a discussion about halves like first half second half equals two halves is it h-a-l-f-s or h-a-l-v-e-s the wolf so, pack I need I need to see it in front of me. It's tough on the podcast using my brain. What Nick, were you, you saying, Nick, Charles? You're an expert writer. Yeah, I think it's so. I kind of get my brain warped because English soccer they use the incorrect form in all of theirs. So like, yep. they'll say like Everton have her goal, and like, and it's like, wait, it's supposed to be has, or they just don't they don't use it correctly, and so it's it, like- dri- it drives me nuts. But I still think. It would be the Wolfpack R because if I was going to, man, I don't know. That's well, here, tough. Well, here's an example. Here's an example. Okay. Let's assume I'm going. I thought you know other mascots without the S. Would you say the Crimson Tide are yeah. or is? Because I think you'd say the Crimson Tide are a good defense. Or would you it, say this guy? It's a collective noun, right? The family is going to the store. The Wolfpack. It just. Oh man, Chuck, you really throwing us for a loop here. Gosh. The Stanford Cardinal is or are. I mean, I want to say is, but then when I start to say it like I'm writing a football story, it doesn't it doesn't work there. How about the the Tulane Green Wave is or are? I mean, this is a good question. I don't know. I mean we're stumped. The Wolfpack done gun get done gone get right there. Tails wolf. How about that? Right now, people <laughs> are listening to us wanting a bowl preview, and they know the answer, and they're screaming at their speaker, whichever <laughs> it is, you idiots. But um, I don't, I don't have the answer. 
I'm going R. I'm going to okay. go is. I'm going to go is. Let's just all get on record. I went R. We have an is. I'm Nick. going R. Freddie's Good. R. I think I'm going to go R as well. Good. All right, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, that was fun. You, all, you all is all wrong. Well, Freddie, let me spin a question back on you, even though I didn't have the answer for you. Were you a fan of the NWO Wolfpack? I don't know what that means. Okay, they're a wrestling faction. Oh, I, I don't do wrestling. But who, who I, is in the Wolfpack? The if NWO you tell me to be a fan of them, Drew, I will be. That, that's how much respect I have for you. <laughs> well, you know, it's just uh, the old Hollywood Hogan days, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. I thought maybe you uh -huh. watched a little WCW in your day, but apparently not. Nah. So. No, I'll just go I, shit. Matt. The, la I, the I, last wrestler that I followed was the uh, uh, Mongolian Stomper. <laughs> both both questions backfired. We didn't have an answer. Anyone else have a irrelevant? Ooh, I, I found it. I finally found an answer to our basketball one, Drew. It was Rodney Purvis, ah. who started at NC State and finished his career at UConn. So finally, yeah, no, he okay. he was better than John Wall, according to my Louisville fan friend. He's uh he's getting NBA checks too. Is he really? Oh yeah. Like paying him to play basketball. Yep. In the year of our Lord 2020. Yep. That's incredible. Um, speaking of not NBA basketball, bowl games are happening right now, not as we speak, but probably as you're listening to this, because from now through January 2nd, we've got a plethora of games on the slate. The Cheese It Bowl is tonight. It's probably underway already. Um, it, you've got tomorrow, uh, the cotton bowl is, I, I believe tomorrow was the cotton bowl. No, tomorrow Duke's Mayo bowl is the headliner because mayonnaise takes precedence over cotton Wisconsin and wake forest, which what a stinker of a game, Freddie. There's one game on here oh that I'm, God. I'm really looking forward to. And I think you are too. And it's the Liberty bowl between West Virginia and army. Oh, yeah. I hate that game. I, I, I'm looking forward to that game, but I hate that game. I can't be against Army, nor can I be against Neil Brown. So, Lord, I, I'm looking Freddie, forward I to it. I thought of you the moment they announced this game. Yeah, the I don't like it. I announced it. I thought about Freddie. I do not like it at all because of I love Neil Brown and I love obviously love the Army. Golly, I wish, I wish Army would have been put against Wake Forest instead of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. it, it's really going to be, I think, one of the better games, too, because uh, it's Neil Brown's first bowl, so you know that his team's going to bring it. They haven't been bowling yeah. in a couple of years. Uh, they can put up some points. And the thing about Army is, like, most folks think of them as like, oh, they're triple option, they're boring, they hold the ball the whole time. Freddie, in Munkin's three bowl games as a head coach, Army is undefeated, averaging 50 points per game. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't see that option, man, very often, uh, it can get you. I mean, we, Kentucky <clears> saw that against Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech I mean, mm -hmm. with Charles's team. And if you don't see it a lot, I mean, it can really mess with you. And, you know, I think, I, I thought Munkin would have been a, a good candidate to Vanderbilt. What, what folks don't realize, he's not married to that triple option. That's just what you have to do at the academy. Right. Because you don't have time nor the athletes to run a traditional offense. So, you run that option stuff, and, and, and golly, I wish that what I wish they wouldn't play in each other. That, will, really, that brings me down. I, West Virginia is seven point favorite, and the, the total's forty one. I love Army and the over. Just par right. parlay those two together. Here we go. If West Virginia wins, Jeff Munkin has to grow his hair out like Neil Brown for a whole year, and if Army wins. Neil Brown has to go a full year with the crew cut. That's my thing. So <laughs> I can't imagine Neil Brown without the hair. Uh, yeah, can't at all. Or like making him wear a hat instead of a visor. God, that'd be like pulling teeth. He's got swagger. Yeah, he, he's doing such a good job there at WVU. I know uh, I know a lot of folks that are tied in with with WVU, and, and they love him there. And uh, – Got a little, got a little worried this year when some openings came up, but Neil, I don't think Neil, uh, best of my knowledge, really didn't entertain any of it. I think he really likes it there in Morgantown. That's kind of, that's kind of his type of place, his type of program. We'll say I do have 
inside scoop on that. So it was Kentucky <laughs> ready for the real deal. This is how old is Coach Stoops? 52? No. 48? No, he's probably 53. I think he's a year or so older than me. All right. So when, when Neil Brown left Kentucky, I guess it's very ordinary for a coach leaving to give back all of the swag and, you know, all the advisors, et cetera. Supposedly, Neil Brown said, you can keep that stuff here because I'll be back. Oh. Now, obviously, Stoops oh. is going to have to. But when he does, I think Neil Brown's obviously has a special place um, for Kentucky in his heart. But those are some pretty trying words. You can keep that because I'll be back for it. Oh, man. I love that, Charles. I mean, that's that's pretty nice right there. That that's the great that's like a that's like a Adolf Rub getting the car versus Bear Bryant getting the the watch kind of thing, you know? We're like oh Neil Brown, that's what he said when he left. So every time a coaching search comes up, that can happen. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. That is something we will not soon forget. Um I in the non-Neil Brown game, I'm I'm very disappointed that the Outback Bowl will be being played at the same time as the Gator Bowl because I think Ole Miss-Indiana could be the most fun bowl game we have in the entire season. Can I confess that I've kind of become an Ole Miss fan this year? It's fine. I think I think I really, a lot of us I, have. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a fan. I'm not really rooting for them. But I have found Lane Kiffin in that offense to be very entertaining this year. And like you, I'm a, I'm a little bummed I won't get to actually watch the game live because – They've been a blast on and off the field. On the field and on Twitter, Ole Miss has been entertaining this year. I like how they're, I like how they're anti-Alabama. Mm-hmm. You, you know, have y'all ever noticed when coaches are interviewed at the hotel, they whisper for some reason? Every time they show Nick Saban like at a hotel before a game, well, you know, we got to come out. It's the process and all that. Then uh, Kiffin comes bouncing off the bus with a Ole Miss baseball jersey on, hood over top of a hoodie and a hat backwards or something like that and just i mean it's just his personality i love how i love it when colleges take on the personality of their football coach and i think Ole miss has done that and it's a lot of fun to watch well and freddie it was kind of like when the the egg bowl coaches got hired and we were like man this michael leach at mississippi state that's square peg round hole kind of stuff whereas like leach at Ole miss that or excuse me kiffin at Ole miss feels like a match made in heaven you've got a big kid with the rebels who just are they they are the fun loving we're having a good time kind of good they're good time charlies yeah yeah if you if you translate that over to the nfl you know i'm, I'm a lifelong steelers fan but i tell you what i love watching buffalo play because i love watching josh allen play and that team has fun i mean they're young they have fun they they, they act like they enjoy each other they act like they enjoy playing the game, and, and I think that's what we see uh, with Ole Miss. Did Freddie just say we can put him through a table? Is he, is he Bill's Mafia? Yes, yeah, throw me through a table, yeah. Actually, yeah. after the way you, me and you walked out of the Kroger game of the week one time, I don't think we didn't need to be going through tables. Oh, my God. I, I needed a wheelchair to get up that hill. I, it, I, it was awful. And then Drew <laughs> – Drew was walking around like he had a railroad spike through his spine, so it, it was a pretty tough night. Y'all got any other uh, bowl games coming up that you're you, you in particular have your eye on? I mean, this is I, way man. down the line, but Alabama is going to cover against Notre Dame, so just go ahead and get your investment in now. Yeah, that's not wait, wait like Kentucky plays after that. I'll be honest with you, Nick. It's, it's Friday. It's right around the that's corner. That's Friday. My world is upside down right now. I thought that was after UK's game. That that playoff selection show and that whole deal soured oh, me man. so much on the Nationals' perspective. I couldn't tell you who's playing in ball games other than I know Florida's playing. I think Oklahoma and Georgia is going to get beat by Cincinnati. See Cincinnati. That's about all I know because I mean I, I got soured on it. That that really turned me off so much for college football on a national scale. I mean, I don't know why it just did, and you know, it was just too much for me. I just couldn't do it, man. See, Freddie, that that you you keep saying that because it does. Like that game is set up like that Auburn UCF game from a few years back when yeah. uh, oh, UCF yeah. won the national championship. But yeah. 
I do think Georgia like has an offense now, and they kind of. I think they want a springboard to like say that hey we can we can be title contenders next year. So I don't think they're going to roll over like dogs like Auburn did previously. Um, but you know, like, like I, I, I still know, think that sh- that could end up being a decent game. Uh, Arkansas TCU. I mean TCU is about as boring as they come, but Arkansas they find a way to play in some crazy games that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and help just to have football on all the time because this is I, I don't want to have this conversation with us folks but remember like a few months ago when we didn't have any sports and then all of a sudden it was just sports non-stop well it's going to start like slowing down here soon we're not going to have football the gift of football and so I just hope we can enjoy it while we can because it's week 17 you're only going to have a month of NFL after this. And then it's like, this is the last week of red zone. When does that Korean baseball come back on? <laughs> Did it ever stop? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I was very excited about the fall and how every sport would be going at once. I had visions of like four TVs with NBA and NFL and the masters. And then I learned that I only want to watch football when football is on. I found mm-hmm. that I would rather watch a college game between two teams I don't care about than some of the other, you know, bigger games, some of the NBA playoffs games that were going on. So you're right. I, I, it's going to be sad when these are gone. We'll still have basketball uh, in Kentucky. We may not want basketball here pretty soon, but <laughs> uh, I, I think we are going to miss football after we almost lost it for a fall. Are we really going to go past Lane Kevin without bringing up Joey Freshwater or Jimmy? <laughs> That's go for it. Well, which one's better Joey Freshwater or Jimmy Chestnut. <laughs> Freddie's going to say, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about, Charles? <laughs> I haven't heard the Jimmy Chestnut one. He had a really bad made-up story for the Joey Freshwater one, though. All I heard is, Freddie, that after games, Lane Kiffin would maybe be just strolling around old Tuscaloosa going by the alias Joey Freshwater. At- <laughs> oh, okay. Now, someone asked him about it, and he said, I've gone by Jimmy Chestnut, but I've never gone by Joey Freshwater or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he admitted that he, he does it, but said jo- it wasn't Joey Fresh- Freshwater, it's Jimmy Chestnut. Uh-huh. That's okay, okay. So, so Joey, what be, what's the better what name? Be, there we go. Let's, that, there's my question. What would Jimmy be Chestnut is much more believable, but Joey Freshwater definitely, like that's a Key West kind of name. Yeah, I'm going with Joey Freshwater. Jimmy, what is it, Jimmy or Joey? Joey Freshwater. Yeah, Joey Freshwater. <laughs> what will be your made-up name, Drew? Oh, it's uh, a good question. Uh, I, I respect Joey Freshwater. I don't think it would work for me, but I think Kiffin with a visor and some long blonde hair over it down in Mississippi, Joey Freshwater is great. <laughs> I, I feel like I could easily pass as a Dale. No, I get big Dale vibes from you. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> – Oh, you're too tall to be a Dale, I feel like. Yeah, but Dales are big guys, you know, like big doofy kind of guys. No offense to all you Dales out there, but I I, I think I could pass as a Dale or an Ed, you know. I see I, both. Yeah. Or Eddie. It's just I can't have a very like like a handsome name, you know. I you know, I'm no the hair just isn't there. So you gotta have a bald guy name. Oh, don't you sell yourself short? You you can yeah. be whatever you want to be. Yeah, you can. You can be Joey Freshwater if you want. Yeah. <laughs> call you Dale Freshwater. Dale. Dale Freshwater. Uh, he's Dale Saltwater. We got to give him a right. Dale Saltwater. <laughs> I can see that one now. That's the name of this podcast. <laughs> Dale Saltwater previews the bowl game. <laughs> oh, man. Um, How this did we is- get here? I don't know, but it, it, it is exciting, well, it's though. Like to- we're like the team. We're laughing and having fun again. No, we, we are. And the team, though, it is a little bit different. They, It's more like a road game this year. I, I don't think they're going to be going down until Thursday. Um, Every game has been a road game. Shit. There's 1,000 fans in the stands. That's true. That's true. Anything when you're 19 years old. It's like, I get to go on a plane. That's great. It's not. <laughs> not oh, and you're not going to have to wear sleeves down there? Whew. Well, I never wore sleeves. Let's, we don't have to get into this. There's unwritten rules in college football, and that was one of them. Okay. Well, nevertheless, it's exciting to play in some warm weather. I know Stoops, 
we we can be honest here too. Stoops got spoiled by his times at Arizona and Miami. Like the Youngstown in him, he's still Youngstown tough, and I'm not going to mess with that guy. But dude is he doesn't like the cold weather. No, he does. I remember we. Yeah, that's one. That's a bad option there. Nick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like trying to say like he's not Youngstown tough. Easy, or... easy there, Saltwater. Calm down. You just got the nickname. <laughs> easy there, Dale Saltwater. I used to give him trash because it'd be about forty degrees out, you know, thirty cold, and I still would question. I would ask him, are we practicing inside because of you or because of all of our Florida boys? And he would always use them as a scapegoat, you know, like you sissies won't play outside. And then that would be the, all right, well, we're going to go, uh, you know, second part of practice is outside now. And then everyone would blame me for it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, it's raining. <laughs> falls in the rain. We're, we're going outside. Freddie, what I was it like practicing popular. inside all the time? That should have been fun back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we did it maybe twice. And when we practice inside, that means that meant we had to put on our weightlifting shoes and we practice at the Seton Center. Oh, you're oh man, that floor yeah. too. If you fell on that, that Seton Center oh, floor, it's not hardwood. It's like hard concrete that you were going down. Wood. Yeah, you, you were getting put on the ground there. So uh, even though we went to the Seton Center, didn't mean practice was going to lighten up at all. So yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. We rarely, rarely, rarely went outside. Oh, man. Or inside, rather. Right, right, right. Probably a little dangerous, but Kentucky's going to be outside playing the NC State Wolfpack, and the one person we haven't mentioned enough, I don't even think we've mentioned him at all throughout this podcast, is Chris Rodriguez. The dude Mm. is a hoss. Uh, I think pro football focus at him as a second-team All-American. He hasn't gotten his carries. I think he's going to get his carries, and I – even though they're going to be selling out to try to stop that, it still is a, all right, well, th- this big blue wall, they're a talented offensive line. They've got one last hurrah. I think they're going to put it on a good show in their final game and give Rodriguez plenty of rushing lanes to go through to make sure that this game doesn't get out of hand by any means and that Kentucky can be in there to win it at the end. I think you're right, Nick. And I think, you know, to me, I mean, we've done all these podcasts and I sound like a broken record, but the fact that Chris – Terry Wilson had four fewer carries than Chris Rodriguez is and was probably a fireball offense, in my opinion. I mean, how does that happen when you're averaging seven yards a carry and only carrying the football 12 times per game? Makes no sense to me. Uh, Now, since this is A.J. Rose's last game, we'll probably see a more balanced look. But, you know, I will say this. With those really, really aggressive run fits in the 3-3-5 from the linebackers, there are going to be tackles for loss, and those two running backs are going to be aggravated at the line of scrimmage. There are going to be negative or no game plays. And just like turnovers are going to be a big factor, it's how Kentucky plays in third and five plus. You can you can break the, the game down into those scenarios, third and five plus for Kentucky. A, a high percentage of conversions, Kentucky wins the football game. What it's done for 10 games in that those those situations, North Carolina State will win the football game. Ready for predictions then? Charles, hit me. I'm going to say we're down 14 to 10 at half, and we win 24-21. Hmm. Knock down, okay. drag him out, eh? Who's who's your yep. MVP? Chris Rodriguez. Two, three, oh, two. T- That's why I wanted to go first. <laughs> oh, does anybody have any predictions out here? Even though, like, we've really never had any predictions. Chuck's just got this feeling that yeah, yeah. Rodriguez is going to go off and Kentucky <laughs> win the game. <laughs> oh, well, right, I like this prediction. Yeah, I like that prediction too. And you know what? It, in to make sure that we end on Hano, why, why don't we just end it with Charles's prediction? Because that sounds like a pretty good prediction to me. I'm good with it. A lot of I, pre- Kentucky's going to slay some taxes, and they're going to chomp on some gators. Uh, ooh, Drew, did we did we order any gators for the week? I feel like it's not really a thing. Um, like I don't know if it's in season. We did not. Uh, uh, we got some wolf. Yeah. No. Like- <laughs> We're gonna do. Um, Wolf mozzarella sticks. There we go. Well, I'm ready for you. I we'll shouldn't that. say that. Is that a bad thing? Is PETA going to call me? 
yeah just, just yeah. a joke just a mascot joke old old mascot humor yeah the wolf pack are good to eat when grilled over a barbecue or is it <laughs> the wolf pack is a good meal when cooked yeah. over a barbecue the we need wolf to get pack it. are gonna hold this l on saturday oh there we go <laughs> And that's how we're going to end this. We appreciate y'all listening to the KSR Footballs podcast bowl bonanza for me, Dale Saltwater. That's Drew Franklin, Charles Walker, and Freddie Mayer. <laughs> Special thanks to UK Federal Credit Union. And get excited. The cats are going bowling Saturday. Let's kick the wolf pack's ass. Woo! There <laughs> is ass. R. The wolf pack is there. R. There's, I don't know. We'll see y'all. Go cats. (laughs) Peep the technique. We're going to sweat the technique.